Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 130. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Hey, before we start with the interview, I wanted to ask you, are you looking for a leadership coach? Have you ever thought about leadership coaching? Here's your chance. I'm offering free 15-minute consultations um, if you're interested you can send me an email at richard at doseofleadership.com and just put in the subject line coaching and uh, we'll set up a free 15-minute engagement to see if coaching would be a good fit for you. I specialize in helping um, especially business owners and executives, but it can be any type of individual, any type of professional, any, any of you out there who are searching for greater significance, confidence, and leadership accountability in all aspects of your lives. I think some of the biggest problems that I see that people are facing out there are stagnation and mediocrity in their personal and professional life. We're all searching for greater significance, a limiting self-belief, a self-image, and a lack of confidence that's preventing us from living out our convictions. Again, a free 15-minute consultation. Just send me an email with your info, and in the subject line, put uh, coaching. And uh, again, it's at richard at doseofleadership.com. Again, thanks for tuning in, and here's the interview. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show Jenny Catron. She is the church leader who loves putting feet to vision. She served for nine years as the executive director of Cross Point Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where she led the staff and oversaw the ministry of its five campuses. Prior to joining the staff of Cross Point, she worked as artist development director in the Christian music industry for nine years. Her passion to lead well and inspire, equip, and encourage others to do the same. She speaks at conferences and churches nationwide, seeking to help others develop their leadership gifts and lead confidently in the different spheres of influence God has granted them. Jenny's latest book, Clout, came out just a few weeks ago. Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence, released January 2014, like I said. She blogs at JennyCatron.com and contributes to a number of other online publications as well. She was here almost a year ago when she talked about her first book. So, Jenny, welcome back to the Dose of Leadership podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so much, Richard. Glad to be chatting with you again. It's always great to connect. Yes, for sure. I love the title of the new book, Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence. So tell me about the genesis of it. How does that, uh, wh- where did that come about? Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I can't take all the credit for the title. Our marketing team all kind of worked together to come up with it. But, you know, the, the whole concept of this book is really kind of my core passion of helping people really understand their influence. Like, what is that? how has God uniquely gifted you and positioned you to influence the world in a way that no one else can? And so, you know, as we were talking about that and just trying to, you know, really figure out what is the, what's the right hook, what's the right word to describe that, we all kept coming back to that word clout, just that idea of, you know, just it's a little bit of a sassy way of saying you've got influence, you've right. got your position to do something that no one else can. And uh, that's kind of the heart and the spirit behind it. And it's a big part of just even kind of my personal story and journey of really discovering and unleashing what is it that God's called me and gifted me to do. You know, I think a lot of times we, I know at least for me, I'm curious what your, what, how your journey kind of was. But for me, it's always like, well, why should I matter? Why should I? Isn't it kind of arrogant? You know, I'm supposed to be humble. I'm supposed to be meek. You know, you're sitting there saying I'm supposed to be significant. Is there, you know, 
do people get held back because they feel like it's, uh, you know, why, why should I be so significant? Does that make sense? I mean, I know I felt that way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think, like, I think that's a really fair and healthy tension, especially for those of us who are believers, because there is that whole idea that we are, you know, we're here to live out God's purpose and plan, you know, and so it's not about us. It's really about Christ in us. And that's kind of the message that I talk about a lot in Clout, is that Clout is your God-given influence. It's not just all about you. It's about what God is doing through you and wants to do through you for His kingdom and His glory while we're here. And so, you know, there really is kind of this tension that we wrestle with about, you know, is it all about me, or is it about what God is doing in, in and through me? And there's a just a subtle motivation that, you know, kind of underlies both of those things. And so when we really can embrace it and, and we can live out our clout with the motivation of, this is about what God is doing in and through me for His purpose, then I think we frame that and we shape that in a healthier way. Well, I like that, and I think that the more that we... Um, you know, because I, I guess people get kind of scared of the word power or influence, and again, it kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. I think maybe as Christians, you're you're taught to be. It's all about service. It's all about sacrifice. It's all about selflessness. But that doesn't mean power and clout can't be a part of that, right? And I think if if to me, yeah. if you're going to be influential, to me, where where it turned for me was when I really understood that influence is about adding value to other people. So it is externally focused, right? Is that is that yes. does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and and that and that's the key thing here. All of us have influence or clout, whether we're willing to acknowledge it or not. You know, and it starts with, you know, just you know, I, I like to think of influence in this concentric circles or this ripple effect, and that it starts with, you know, that circle of people that are right around you. And so, you know, that's our family. That's our, you know, our, our the people who are closest to us, and we're influencing their lives, whether we whether we're intentional about it or not. And that's kind of my heart and passion behind this message is, you know, you're influencing someone whether you realize it or not, and, you know, what would it look like for us to be intentional and do that in a God-honoring way that really pours into and invests in the people around us? So, you know, it starts with our family. It kind of ripples out to friends and coworkers and peers, and, you know, and then depending on, you know, where you lead and how what stage your influence has, you know, it kind of ripples from there. And so I think the important thing is that it's, you know, it's not a search for power and influence just for the sake of power and influence. It's recognizing and kind of stewarding something you already have, but are you doing it in such a way that you're intentional about it and bringing everything God's given you to that equation? Yeah, I like that. So how do how do we... Because all I hear is doubt, and even though I can sit there and think, yeah, I'm asking God to do this, I feel like I should be doing this, but then I'm just racked with doubt. How do I overcome that kind of overwhelming feeling of, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know if this is what I should be doing? Yeah, I think that, um, I think a lot of times, in, in the book I talk a lot about the importance of just kind of the, kind of a self-inventory of, there's a scripture verse that I use, it's kind of the anchor of the book, and it's from Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Um, and that, that's the message translation, I just love the, the common language of that, of that version, but you know, that whole idea of make a careful exploration of who you are and 
to me, that means, okay, going back and looking at what are the gifts, the talents, the experiences, and the opportunities that God has given to me, because that combination is unique to me. Like, the gifts I have, the talents I have, opportunities, and then just life experience is different from yours or different from my friends or, you know, different from the neighbor across the street. And and a lot of times we kind of diminish those things and think, oh, you know, like, I hate that about my story or, you know, I, I, I wish I had this gift rather than that gift. And, right. you know, so I think when we can do some of that self-exploration and go, okay, what are, what are the ways that God has uniquely gifted me? And, you know, in that discovery, I think we find a lot of confidence just in who God has created us to be, which starts to diminish some of that self-doubt. But not to say that it's not there, because I think that's one of the things, and, you know, we talk about some of the clout killers um, in the book of the things that kind of hold us back or hinder us from living out our clout in an effective and God-honoring way. And I don't, self-doubt isn't specifically one of them, but it's a thread that kind of weaves through them of, you know, we just, or you could say the insecurity chapter kind of speaks to that. If you just kind of question, you know, the, your purpose and calling and significance, and I think that, you know, we've, we have to kind of go back to, okay, what has God said is true about who I am and who he's created me to be, and going back to that place for that sense of confidence. Mm, so what are, yeah, you're right, they are traps. So what are what are some of those traps that hold us back? I mean, that's really what I want to get to. What are the limiting beliefs that prevent us from from taking the leap? Yeah, I think that, you know, I talk a lot about um, fear and that I call fear their front runner of the clout killers and that it just kind of weaves through um, so many of the other things, you know, so it's kind of this fear of this not enough fear that, you know, I'm not, um, I'm, uh, I'm not, who I am is not enough, so I'm jealous of others or I'm not good enough, so I'm dealing with insecurity or I'm not strong enough, so I cover it up with pride or, you know, there's just kind of like this myriad of fears that we kind of wrestle with just because we're human and that fear starts to hold us back and trip us up from really living out um, our influence in a significant way. So is the key to get become fearless? Because I just don't think the fear or uncertainty ever goes away, does it? Right, yeah. No, and I love this when I was studying for this because, you know, I, again, I think all of us deal with fear at different levels and certain seasons more than others. And, you know, so I was really digging in to try to understand this. And one of the things that stood out in Scripture to me about the whole concept of fear is that everywhere in the Bible where God is telling people, do not be afraid, you know, and, and we're probably familiar with that. We're kind of like, oh, anytime we deal with fear, we're like, I know the Scripture says, do not be afraid. But what stuck out to me was that, um, when, when, whenever there was a place where God was telling someone not to fear, he followed it with a promise of some kind, you know? So he said to Abram, do not be afraid. I'm your shield, your great reward. Um, you know, he said to Hagar, do not be afraid. God has heard, you know? So every time in scripture where you see God telling someone to not be afraid, he followed it with a promise of how he would be there, how he would show up, you know? And I think that again, he's not saying that fear is going to go away. He's saying, don't be afraid because I've got this. Don't yeah. be afraid. I'm with you. And so I think that's one of the things, especially as believers, that we can cling to, because over and over in Scripture, I saw it again and again, is that, yes, God acknowledges there's fear, and there's probably even reason to be afraid. But he says, don't be afraid because I'm with you. I've got this. You know, and that to me is such a huge promise, especially for us leaders that are wrestling through fears all the time. 
Well, for me, I like in the book of Hebrews where it says, stand firm on your shaky legs, you know, which says you will be mm-hmm. afraid. And then after that, it says, you know, stand firm on your shaky legs. Those that follow you will be strong. So it, to me, you got to be comfortable with the fear. I mean, it's just, it just, it's a part. In fact, you can't have, and you talk about courageous leadership, you can't have courage without fear. You know, courage is, is, is being afraid, but living out your conviction anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, some of the other things, you know, case studies I was doing of different leaders, I found on so many occasions that, like, we, I often say, we confront our greatest fear at the crossroads of influence. So sometimes when we're on the brink of one of our greatest moments of impact, we have to face one of our greatest fears. You know, and I I, um, was thinking about the story of um, Mayor Rudy Giuliani back in, you know, on September 11th. And so can you imagine the fears a leader like that is facing when his, you know, city is, you know, destroyed and he's having to try to lead people through something? And imagine all the fears he had to hurdle quickly in order to lead everyone else through theirs and then to, you know, and to really be a strong leader in such a significant moment of our history and culture. And, you know, and so number of stories like that where when you look at, you know, leaders who have led exceptionally, there's there's usually a crossroads of influence, this point where I'm sure they had to just face down tremendous fear in order to lead people um, effectively, you know, in that season. And so I think that, you know, oftentimes when we're wrestling with a big fear as leaders, we can probably be sure that we're on the brink of some kind of moment of influence that will be significant, you know, and and just being willing to courageously um, and with, you know, humble confidence step into that. Well, I love that. I love what you said because it's a, it's a great point that I want to emphasize that if you could almost get to the point to where that, that kind of butterfly feeling, that fearful feeling, you know, pay attention to that because you're on the verge of, of something significant about to happen, right? And if you step mm-hmm. forward in that and you can look at life – you know, because your life really grows or shrinks in proportion to your courage. It really does, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. And if you can train yourself to hone into that, saying, "Okay, yeah, this is a normal feeling. It, you know, it, it kind of stinks that I feel this way and I'm afraid." But man, hone into it. Why are you afraid? And and whatever you tra- you tackle and you step out in faith anyway, you never know what can happen. You know, that's where something significant, and it may be significant on a personal level, but man, it could almost even change the world, could it not? Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, it's kind of that idea of those moments where fear and faith collide. Right. You know, where you just have to be willing to step out in that fear. And you know, I think with every hurdle of fear we face, our faith grows. You know, and we see God show up, and that provides us more strength and courage for the next hurdle of fear. You know, that comes our way. Yeah. Um, but I do. I think we have to. I think we have to be willing to engage those things to see, you know, what, what God has on the other side of them. Yeah. So the goal is not to, to, to eliminate the fear. It's to step out in it. Right. I think that's the mindset shift that I, that I, that I'm sensing that really is kind of the key or the secret sauce to kind of, to kind of gain that significance. It's not about eliminating fear. It's about stepping out despite it in face of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Yep. I, I really, I really believe that. Sure. What other traps are there? What are, what other emotional traps keep us keep us back? Yeah, I think you know I talk in the book. Um, I think comparisons are a really big one. There's Ooh, there's yeah. seven different ones we cover, but the, another one that I see come up a lot is this idea of comparison. Yeah. and that you know from the time we're born, we're taught to compare. You know, I mean, we're comparing our birth weight 
and height and, you know, and then our percentile of growth, you know, as kids. And then we get into sports or at different activities and, you know, we're, you know, being ranked against our peers. And so there's a lot about just how we're, you know, how we grow up that teaches us to compare ourselves with others, you know. And there's some things that are good and healthy and natural about that. But then what it often does is it, it causes us to not uh, celebrate and or just even steward well the things that are different about us. You know, and again, going back to that, you know, that that combination of gifts, talents, experiences, and opportunities that are unique to who we are and what give us that clout to um, influence the world with, um, you know, we have a tendency to kind of just try to compare ourselves to, you know, this other leader over there or... Um, how this other person handled this issue. And there's some good things that we can learn from one another, and I think there's wisdom in that. But when we spend our lives trying to mimic that instead of living out our individuality, I think we diminish the influence that we can have. And so I think comparison is a big one. Um, I also talk about, like, jealousy, insecurity, pride, and control. So there's, there's really a number of them that I think all of us deal with different ones. But I tend to see fear and comparison as two biggies for leaders. Yeah, I I've always struggled with that compared, you know, cuz it it's difficult for me to say, well, okay, even if I've been victorious in something and then I, then I'll make the mistake of comparing myself for somebody that did something better than I did and it's like, oh, <laughs> what's the point? You know, then I get all dejected and deflated, so Yeah. Yeah, and we miss the influence we actually do have. You know, so we look at what somebody else is doing and then we miss what God might be doing in and through us, and in doing so, then we've kind of squandered that, too, because we haven't really leaned into it to develop it. We've just been had our eye over here on what someone else is doing. So yeah. um, I think it's just a healthy one, or it's a healthy thing to keep an eye on that and be aware of when it starts to derail us. Yeah, I love that. What else is there? What what other... You said there's seven. List some of the others for me. Yeah, um, so fear, comparison, jealousy. You know, we don't like to talk about that one because... Ugh, you know, it's just kind of gross. But even for us as leaders, we see that one crop up, um, and we're jealous of opportunities that someone else has or, you know, different things that they're able. And jealousy and comparison can kind of overlap a little bit. Um, but, I, you know, what I find with jealousy is it kind of keeps us on this perpetual quest for attention, affection, and affirmation of others. Like, you know, there's never quite enough. We're always kind of you know, trying to achieve more, do more, be more, um, and, you know, that can just start to, you know, just starts to wear us out. But, um, you know, that kind of fixation on what someone else has or what they've accomplished, I think, can become really dangerous for us, too. Um, and then I talked about um, scarcity kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with that, and that oftentimes we won't be generous with our praise or our time or even our uh, affirmation of others because, we are trying to accomplish so much ourselves that we hold back and refrain from being generous with others because we're trying to achieve those own, those very things ourselves. So, you know, I love leaders like yourself who are willing to, you know, interview other leaders and, and introduce your audience to other people. You know, that's a mindset of generosity that I think is really, really healthy for us as leaders in that there is plenty of influence and plenty of opportunities for all of us. And when we live from our place of influence and in our kind of corner of the world, there's plenty for us to do. It's kind of like you and I were talking about earlier. Um, there are plenty of opportunities for us to live out our influence if we're faithful to that rather than trying to hoard or protect, you know, and keep things from others, if that makes sense. 
Oh, it makes perfect sense. What as you were writing this book, and you, and you were especially as you were looking in the Bible, and, and in fact, uh, two interviews I just uh, interview I just did earlier today, this morning, we were talking about that. That, and I again, I haven't been the most church guy throughout my years, but in, as the mm-hmm. more that I've studied the Bible, the more that I've looked at it, the, it just what a great leadership resource. Did you find yeah. anything new as you were writing this book, as you were looking at the Bible? Did something, I mean, you can always find something new. I mean, you can read the same scripture over and over for years, and then one day it just com- means completely something different to you, or, or, or something yeah. reveals itself to you. Um, but did you learn anything about leadership styles, or any great leaders, examples of great leaders in the book? Did anything grab you? Yeah, you know, I think there um, there were different places, there were different stories that stood out to me, but um, uh, there is um, uh, in the story of David and Goliath. I think one of the things that stood out to me uh, that really kind of speaks to clout and influence so well is when David came to, you know, take on Goliath. So David was, you know, the youngest brother right. who was just bringing sandwiches down to his family. And, you know, stumbles upon this whole issue with this giant who's wanting to, you know, um, uh, crush them all. And, you know, and so David says, let me at him. And um, they try to put Saul's armor on him. You know, so they they give him, like, all this gear, this armor that the rest of the army would wear. And he gets all that armor on him and he says, no, I can't go in this. Like, I can't do this. This isn't me. You know, because he'd never been in all that armor. He'd never been taught to fight in all of that. What he knew was a slingshot and stone, you know, and he was like, this is what I know. So he he heeded, like, I love, this is what stood out to me, is that he had the wisdom to heed the advice of the leaders around him, and he tried it, and he said, you know what? No, this isn't for me. I know this is how God's equipped me. This is the experience God's equipped me with, is this, you know, slingshot and a few stones. So... I got to go with this because this is how God's equipped me. And I, I just loved that story. I'd never looked at it quite in that light that, you know, he gets all this gear on him and, you know, his leaders are trying to show them the way they would do it, you know, and they can right. try to protect him and suit him up, you know. And he says, you know, and, and wisdom would say, yeah, do that because they've, they're the only ones who have fought. You've never fought like this. But something in him knew, you know what, this isn't going to work for me. This isn't me. You know, and so I think that's just, I, I just love that little nugget in that story that said, you know what, he heeded the wisdom of others, and yet he still had confidence to do it in the way he felt best equipped, you know. Um, and so I, that was one of the ones, you know, just in my study that just stood out and really spoke to me. Oh, that's great. So what what is the, yeah, I love that you've got the, um, the endorsement of um, Patrick, and I'm going to always... Patrick Lynn. Yeah, it, Patrick Lincioni. Lincioni, I always mess up his last name. But the, man, well, what, I don't wonder if I get it right all the time, but I think he's pretty gracious about it. So, yeah, that is that is awesome. I mean, to get the endorsement from him, how did that come about? Yeah, I, I mean, he is one of my favorite business authors, yes. and so I have a friend that has done some coaching with him, and so she just reached out on my behalf, and um, we had met. Uh, Patrick and I had met at a leadership event, and so he was familiar with me, but, um, you know, just a a friend using her influence, using her clout, you know, just said, hey, I'd love for you to check this out, and and so then he and I corresponded, and uh, he, you know, he was gracious to do the forward. I I don't think he does a ton of them, so it was a huge, huge, you know, just, I, I, you know, to me, after his 
forward and, you know, just his ringing endorsement of the book, I was like, you know, that one of my, you know, leadership business heroes, if you will, found some value in this was such an absolute gift and just meant a ton to me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really someone else using their influence to help make that connection. And then, you know, um, from there, you know, just, you know, gotten to know Patrick a little bit and just, just absolutely adore him as a leader. He's a fantastic person and obviously a great businessman and leader. Yeah, I got I to gotta read the endorsement here. I mean, this is, I mean, I th- you had to be on cloud nine because you're right. I mean, what a great, great <laughs> influence. But he says here, I think clout is one of the best books I've ever read and I want others to know about it. Wow, that's, that's congratulations on that. that uh, Thank you. That's really, Thank you. really great. It was fun. I got to um, spend some time with Patrick right after he wrote that. And he had the book open, and he had highlighted stuff. And so for any of you who have written something, oh, you know, when be... somebody you admire and respect finds value in it, I mean, that is one of the greatest gifts, you wow. know? And so um, it's just it's been a true privilege to have his support of the book for sure. Well, that is great. That's absolutely – I got goosebumps when you told me that story. I was like, wow, that just – that had to be just – a, a monumental moment for or, or yeah. a, a, a shining moment for you, I guess, you know? Yep. Yeah, it absolutely, absolutely has been. So what's next? The book just came out. And uh, so what, yeah. what, how is the, uh, what's next for you? Where are you going with it? You got a, a big push on it, a big get speaking. You got to, where, where are you going with it? Yeah, we are, you know, this is one of those books that leadership, leadership is a tough space, you know, and so there's a lot of great books in this, you know, in that circle. So we're just going to keep, you know, sharing it, spreading the word, um, doing as many, like having as many conversations, talking with leaders as we can. Um, I've got several uh, conferences kind of coming up throughout the spring. So, you know, we just do that, get a chance to talk to leaders and share with them and, um, you know, and just continue to see where it gets momentum and chase that and just allow God to do what he'll do with it. But um, we're going to work hard in the meantime to ho- hopefully get the message out and um, and keep talking about it. So that's that's the game plan. Any other big... Uh... Oh, and I should mention, uh, Richard, I should mention this. We uh, have announced the Clout Awards. We're on the website, which is com. You can get the information there about how to nominate someone who's had significant influence in your life and nominate them for a clout award. Cause I just want to see people celebrate other people who have stewarded their influence. Well, you know, that is my ultimate hope is that this book helps people understand their own influence, you know, and so that people really just step into it and live that out in a healthy way. And then also to celebrate the people who are stewarding their influence. Well, and that can be, the stay-at-home mom who is, you know, just pouring and investing and developing her family um, in this season to the, you know, CEO of some major corporation who is using his influence wisely and, you know, in developing a great company and a great team. You know, so I, I want to see stories that run the gamut from people who are using their influence and their own unique clout um, in, in a special way. So we're doing that as well. I love that. I and mean, I'm sorry I missed that point. But yeah, yeah that, that, what a great idea. It's an award to recognize individuals, as it says here, are unleashing their God-given influence. And uh, you're not yeah. talking, and it can be anybody, right? I mean, it, we're talking exactly a, a parent, a friend, a CEO, an entrepreneur, a pastor, anybody. It's not limited to title or position. So yeah, that's great. So you're gonna exactly. you're gonna vote on the winner and announce it March 3rd. So it's coming up here in, in less than a month, about a month away. So okay, very good. And yep. I'll have I'll have links yep. to this to where people can do this. And then the winner will receive a day of coaching 
or consulting with you in a runner-up will receive exactly. a, a bundle of your favorite books on leadership. Well, great. Awesome. So what, you know, speaking of that, what is your ideal client? And so just so that, that uh, all of us out there can be um, mm-hmm. helping you, um, if I ever come across people in the coaching side, what is an ideal client for you if, that we could push your way? You know, I, I think one of my greatest joys is helping um, team. I, I love developing great teams. So I think organizational structure is a biggie for me. And when I can go in and help a church or an organization, um, you know, that maybe going through some growth uh, challenges and is, you know, feeling those growing pains of, hey, we've got great people, but we don't know if they're all in the right space or they're doing the right things. Like, I love being able to go in and kind of with fresh eyes, you know, look at that pairing of the, those individual gifts and talents with what the organization needs and helping just kind of, you know, make some tweaks that help them maximize everyone's gifts as well as support and serve what the organization needs in this new season. So I think that's one of my favorite things to do. And then individually, I love just helping individuals kind of do this discovery of what's their influence, what's their clout. You know, when we're kind of, we all get here, we get stuck some seasons of, you know, just feeling like we're spinning our wheels, not sure if we're being effective. And, you know, so when I can come alongside an individual and do kind of a day of clout discovery, if you will, uh, I think those are those are two of the places I feel like I'm at my best. Awesome. Well, the book, again, uh, just came out, is Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence. You can find more information about that at discoverclout.com. I'll have a link to that. You can also get in touch with Jenny at jennycatron.com. Um, Jenny, anything else you want to highlight where people can find you? No, those those two places are fantastic. Um, and uh, Richard, I appreciate so much being able to just chat and catch up with you today. Oh yeah, you're one. Of, I mean, you're you're you're. I definitely uh, feel privileged to be in uh, in your tribe. I hope you see me in that same realm that you do. I love absolutely. What, I love what you do, and anything I can do to support you and uh, and what you do, I'm always here for you. So um, thanks for all that you do on the leadership front, especially on the Christian leadership front. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Likewise, Richard. I'm grateful for the connection and just being able to learn and grow and learn from you as well. So thank you for that. Awesome. Well, we look forward to having you back here again soon. I look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you and um, stay on the line and we'll talk for a minute, talk some logistics, but thanks for coming on the show here. Great. Thank you so much. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.